Let's begin now. Welcome in. After hours, no dusty lichens tonight. I am Rob Brinton, filling in for an extra hour, taking you up to Kansas State basketball. Kansas State takes on TCU in one hour from now. Wyatt Thompson, Stan Weber, and the boys get you ready at pregame at 7. K-State TCU at 8. Until then, I am here filling in for Dusty Likens. This is After Hours. Dusty back tomorrow, plus Arrowhead Pride Radio tomorrow as well. Getting you ready for Super Bowl 57 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Like I said, hour of me tonight leading up until K-State pregame. A lot of fun stuff to get into tonight. A lot of Chiefs. Stunning. I know. Earth-shattering news that the Chiefs are the biggest story in Kansas City as they prepare for the Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles. Also, a little programming note, you can catch myself and Dusty Likens and potentially, possibly, maybe Nick Schwartz, depending on his travel schedule, Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m., getting you ready for Chiefs and Eagles. Well, I want to start after hours tonight with the fact that I won't be on the air. Let me rephrase that. I'll be on the air, obviously, weekdays 2 to 6 with Carrington on uh, the drive. But as far as hosting, between now and Sunday, I won't be on the air solo. So I'm going to open the show with a little more nitty-gritty, a little more nerdcore, a little more deep-cut football because I know right now it's Tuesday. We're talking big storylines, you know, Mahomes' health, Mahomes' legacy, Reed Mahomes' legacy, Reed versus the Eagles Bowl, Kelsey Bowl, the whole deal. I'm I'm hip to all of that. I'm not numb to it. I understand it. But I think as we get later and later in the week, we're going to come to the conclusion that, whoa, here we go. The actual football game is going to be fascinating to watch. And why I think it's going to be fascinating to watch is very simple. And maybe this is a hot take. And maybe the text line, which we interact with the show, 913-586-7610, it's just being here alone, so no calls tonight. You can interact with the show via text line. Maybe they'll cook me. Maybe they'll flambe me. Maybe they'll call me that guy from Philadelphia who was asking earlier on the drive what makes Hurts different than Mahomes. Whatever may have you take-wise. But when I look at this game, when I look at Chiefs-Eagles, something that stands out to me is this is like the epitome of what John Dorsey always said about the Chiefs versus what the Chiefs are now. Because I remember when... And maybe it was Chris Ballard, and I'm attributing this to the wrong person. If so, I apologize. But I remember when the Chiefs had Alex Smith. And there were multiple times, you know, these third-party agencies said, oh, we talked to higher-ups and big execs across the league, and everyone is saying that players 2 through 53, the Chiefs, the best roster in the NFL, and they would win the AFC West, and then they'd lose to the Steelers. And they'd, they'd go win the AFC West, and then they'd, you know, Lose to the Patriots. Yeah, okay. They would win the AFC West. They'd have a weird year, and they would lose at home to the Titans in the playoffs. But every year, all we heard story after story after story was player two through 53, they were great. They never had player one, the quarterback. That's why this match in the Super Bowl fascinates me because I would say when you look at the rosters, the Chiefs and the Eagles may not two through 53, but if you did a... Side-by-side comparison, a tale of the tape for you boxing or MMA types. And you looked at it and you said, outside of quarterback, where are the Chiefs significantly better than the Eagles? It's what, one position? One position group? Maybe two? I mean, we can go through it. We're going to have the time. We're going to exclude quarterback. Quarterback, we know. 
Quarterback, the Chiefs are far superior to the Eagles. And that is not an insult to Jalen Hurts, by the way. I love Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a good football player. He's probably the best young quarterback in the NFC. I'm going to take the kind out of there. He's the best young quarterback in the NFC. But Patrick Mahomes is just better. So take quarterback out of the equation. Let's just remove quarterback. We go position group by position group. I think if you're honest with yourself, you're going to find yourself thinking, oh, the Eagles are the better team there. Running back, definitely Eagles. Offensive line, at best, you're thinking a wash. But the Eagles just set the record, an NFL record that has stood for 100 years of most rushing touchdowns in a single season. You're telling me that offensive line's worse than the Chiefs? I don't think so. Eagles offensive line. Defensive line. I saw a stat. Let's just call it, let's just call it front seven. The Eagles have a chance to have the most sacks in the NFL history, the Super Bowl era, breaking the 85 Bears record if they get, I believe, four or five on Sunday. You're telling me a team that's going to set the NFL potential record and was number one in the NFL in sacks is not the better defensive line, not the better front seven? Secondary, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, these guys are stars. These guys are freaks. The Chiefs have a very good secondary. It's just younger. Special teams, I don't need to get into. I mean, special teams have had their issues all season long. I'm not going to belabor them today. I could. I know they had a good game against the Bengals, but blind squirrel, I won't belabor that point. But what's fascinating to me about this matchup is when you honestly look at the the side-by-side, the tail of the tape, you kind of lean Eagles on every position group other than quarterback. And yet I'm sitting here at 605, 606, on a Tuesday night leading the Super Bowl thing to myself, I'm pretty confident in the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Kansas City Chiefs can beat the Eagles, and I find myself wondering, why? Why do I think that? And that's what's fascinating about this matchup, because there are two position groups, there are two things that the Chiefs have significantly better than the Eagles. Coach and quarterback. And maybe it's because I've been trained all these years, the Marty Ball Chiefs, the early Andy Reeds, the Todd Haley one good year, the Dick Vermeil year. You insert a team pre-Andy Reed, pre-Patrick Mahomes, they fit this mindset. And I find myself picking the Chiefs in this game, which I'll still have another three days to talk on the drive, but spoiler alert, I'm picking the Chiefs. I find myself picking the Chiefs because I'm so used to, as a Chiefs fan, being like, God, we have a great roster. They have a better coach and quarterback. And that team always beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. And I look at this Super Bowl and I think Jalen Hurts is really good. Nick Sirianni is, I don't understand why I don't think more of him, but he's clearly very good. Andy Reid is better. Patrick Mahomes is better. And guys, two through 53 being better hasn't equated to Super Bowls historically. And like I said, maybe I'm jaded because of the Chiefs fan for so often that's what playoff losses look like. I could go through one by one and just open up a painful history, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to talk about Jim Harbaugh coming in here and beating him or John Elway beating him or Tom Brady time after time after time. I'm not going to do that. But what's fascinating about this matchup from a Nerdy football moment is the players matchup versus the coach matchup. And the chiefs have a significant advantage in only two things. And those two things, are the most important thing. And it's why most people are looking at the chiefs going, huh? 
I think they're going to win because they have the huge advantage at two very important positions. Speaking of the Chiefs and the upcoming Super Bowl, Chiefs got a bunch of good news at media night last night, which, real quick, as a media member, I understand the value of media night, and I'm not diminishing media night. A lot of good questions, a lot of good journalists, a lot, lot of good stuff comes from media night. couple quick notes about media night. One, I hate that it has become a circus. I hate that there's a guy whose entire bit is to ask players if the Super Bowl is must win. It's funny. We all chuckle. Ha ha ha. Year after year. I get it. But the fact that that guy is in the same room as actual journalists frustrates me. That's my first complaint with media night Two, why on earth is it open to the fans? What do the fans benefit from watching players answer questions? The media, they can't possibly hear them. I've never been there as a fan, so I have no idea how it works, but it just seems silly to me. I digress. Apologies. I, I would just think to myself, there were fans of that thing last night, watching NFL players get asked questions by journalists from a long way away. Be like sitting at T-Mobile Center and see down on the court, hey, someone's asking a question to Travis Kelsey. Can't hear it. Don't know his answer. Let's keep an eye on it. Very silly to me. Again, my apologies. I digress. A lot of good news for me tonight after the Chiefs last night. Legereus Sneed has cleared the concussion protocol. Party on Wayne. Kadarius Tony told people, hey, I'm playing. Those were two players that were hurt in the AFC Championship game for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they were two players of big importance heading into the Super Bowl. Speaking of players and their health heading into the Super Bowl, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Patrick Mahomes and his ankle. James Palmer, the NFL Network, gave you the latest on his health. It's important for that injury update, Andrew, today because yesterday I was told that the Chiefs were in pads. It was a quick practice, but it was pretty physical, I was told. So Mahomes coming out of it feeling really good and telling me that it's in a definitely better position than it was at this point heading into the AFC title game is important. But what's more important are going to be the practices on Friday and Saturday because he told me he is going to push it. He doesn't want to have any restrictions going into Super Bowl Sunday. He said it'll be smart. He doesn't want to tweak it, but he is going to try to push it to see where he's at. And that's important to the game plan that they have because there are certain plays in the game plan right now that are marked. And what that means is they've run them at a slower pace in Kansas City last week and early this week. And then they're going to run them with Mahomes seeing if he can do them physically. And if they find out on Friday and Saturday, Andrew, that he can perform them physically, they will go unmarked. They will go into the game plan. And if he can't do them, they'll remain marked and they won't be in the game plan. But Mahomes did tell me we have plenty of plays in this game plan, but he wants to see if he can do everything. We'll find that out later in the week, but all signs are pretty positive right now. So the Chiefs are walking out of media day as healthy as they can be. It's week 23, 22, 23, whatever week it is of the NFL football season. Everyone's hurt. Everyone has bumps and bruises. But Kadarius Tony says last on the media, I'm playing this week. Legereus Sneed announced to the media, I've cleared concussion protocol. Those are two huge wins for the Kansas City Chiefs as they prepare for the Philadelphia Eagles. Real quick before we take a break. So on the text line says, Rob, what about tight end? You said there's only two advantages for the Chiefs. They only have coach and quarterback. Tight end is an advantage. You're right. I should have pointed that out. I will say when I did this exercise, I lumped tight end in with pass catchers. So receivers and tight ends. I would say A.J. Brown is still lesser than Travis Kelsey, but Devontae Smith is better than Juju Smith-Schuster. Dallas Goddard is better than MVS so on and so forth. So if you work down the line, 
pass catcher, I would lean Philadelphia. If you wanted to call it a wash or a lean to Kansas City, I wouldn't fight you. My point remains, if you do the tail of the tape, most every time Philadelphia at worst is getting a lean toward Kansas City. The only two position groups where you say, wow, there's a significant noticeable difference. That team has the massive advantage. It's coach and quarterback. And as I said earlier, could be jaded Chiefs fan. Could be a guy who touched the stove too many times and is tired to get his hand burned. I've seen this story before. Team a better coach, team a better quarterback, wins bigger games. This is how Bill Belichick and Pat, and excuse me, and Tom Brady won all those Super Bowls. They didn't walk into every single Super Bowl with a more talented roster. They didn't walk into every single Super Bowl with a tail of tape saying, oh, they are just better everywhere. You know, they're always better than their opponent. Tom Brady was always better, and Bill Belichick was always better. Hell, we can look at the Chiefs, the, uh, not the Chiefs, excuse me, Andy Reid's Super Bowl against the uh, Eagles. Now I'm going to go down this path. You would say their pass catchers that year, they had T.O., pass catcher better. Running back, they had Brian Westbrook against, who knows, I think it was Corey Dillon at best draw. That defense was really good for the Patriots, but the Eagles defense with Jim Johnson was smothering people. I'm pretty sure that's the year they had Javon Curse. That's a really good team. And Andy Reid, great coach. But you know where they had the advantage that year? They had it at quarterback, and they had it at coach, and they won Super Bowls. And that's why I'm walking in this game confident the Chiefs won the Super Bowl because they had the advantage of the two most important positions in football. As I said, I am Rob Brennan filling in the night for Dusty Likens. Dusty back tomorrow. We are taking you up until 7 o'clock where K-State pregame gets you started. They'll get you lined up for K-State TCU 8 o'clock on a Tuesday night. Big Big 12 tilt. A lot of... A lot of first-place ramifications. We'll probably talk about that a little later in the show. You can catch me every weekday, 2 to 6, on The Drive with Carrington Harrison. I am filling in tonight. I'll also be on Sunday morning, 9 to 2, with Dusty Likens getting ready for the Super Bowl. Speaking of the Super Bowl, the Chiefs, the owner and CEO and chairman, all his titles, spoke to Cody and Gold earlier today, and he said something very interesting about the future of Arrowhead and the stadium Truman Sports Complex. Clark Hunt cuts next. This is After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back to After Hours. I am Rob Brinton filling in for Dusty Likens. Dusty back tomorrow. Getting you ready for Chiefs and Eagles in the upcoming Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57 from Glendale, Arizona. Phoenix. I think people say Glendale to be cool. I know it's a different city, but it's Phoenix. The Super Bowl's in Phoenix. Like I said, Dusty back tomorrow. I am taking you up till 7 o'clock. K-State pregame as the Cats get ready to take on TCU revenge game for the Cats. They lost down in Fort Worth last year. That back in Manhattan matchup today, big time ramifications for first time, first place, excuse me, in the Big 12. Real quick, I know I teased and promised I would talk about what Clark Hunt said today on Cody and Gold down at Radio Row, which I found fascinating. But first, this, this just came across my timeline. It's not, I wouldn't say it's breaking news, not new news, but I, had, I hadn't seen this, so I, I'm I'd talk about it for two minutes. Jim Ursay, who is still looking for a coach, owner of the Indianapolis Colts, took to Twitter and said, we as an organization, parentheses Colts, the coaching search will be open-minded and thorough process, and a final decision will be strictly based on what is best for our franchise's success and the best of our fans, the Colt Nation. Final decision is coming in days, not hours. 
can we real quick talk about how that thing has been a farce? We're all NFL fans. It's Super Bowl week. I know we can take 90 seconds to not talk Chiefs. The fact that Jim Irsay has interviewed every single human being under the sun, some of them even twice, and still hasn't made a decision, I believe it's the last vacancy left in the NFL, means one thing. They're hiring Jeff Saturday. And then Jim Irsay will essentially have a tweet in the coming days after they hire Jeff Saturday, and he will gloat about how thorough and extensive the interview process was and how he met with several dozen coaches and had all these interviews, and he walked away more impressed with anyone, walked away impressed with only one person, and that person is Jeff Saturday. We see it coming. So the Colts, see you later. I feel bad for Chris Ballard. I hope when they hire Chris Ballard, that when they hire Jeff Saturday, excuse me, Chris Ballard resigns. Get out of there. Don't be don't be stuck in that organization. You've had a coaching vacancy for you, you had it eight weeks into the season, and you still don't have one. And we're in February. Just a farce. I digress. Speaking of football, it's not farcical, and t- an owner that is not an idiot. Clark Hunt was on Radio Road today. He's talking with Cody and Gold, talking about all things Chiefs, getting you ready for the Super Bowl between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Highly recommend it. Go to the podcast page, Cody and Gold on 610sports.com. Scroll down, click Clark Hunt's interview. It was phenomenal stuff. Talked about hiring Andy Reid, not taking the success for granted, understanding the value being in the Super Bowl, AFC Championship games. Great conversation between Cody Gold and Clark Hunt, but two things he said really stuck out to me, and it wasn't per se about this upcoming game. Listening to what Clark Hunt said when they was asked, hey, have you had discussions about renovating Arrowhead, or have you had discussions about potentially leaving Arrowhead? Because if you'll remember, last summer the story leaked out that Mark Donovan had been talking to people on the Kansas side, and Missouri people got all up in arms. Here's what Clark Hunt had to say to Cody and Gold. We started thinking about uh, the future of the stadium a couple of years ago when, when the Royals uh, started working on, on the direction that they want to head. Uh, at the time, it was a little bit early for us because we had 10 years left on, on our lease uh, at Arrowhead. But I, I've learned over time that, that stadium renovations or construction, that, that takes uh, a long time. So probably good that we started th- thinking about it. Um, you know, we had a, a renovation of the stadium back in 2009, 2010 that really modernized it. And uh, I think it's still one of the best places to watch a football game in the country. But the building is 50 years old. And, and we've got to think about that and think about what's best for the future of the franchise, what's best for our, for our fan base. Would it be a, a new stadium or another renovation on Arrowhead? So it's something that we're working on and we're trying to work in tandem with the Royals on, on their process as well. Clark Hunt is telling you. Straight out. We are already having discussions about how to fix Arrowhead, improve Arrowhead, or move Arrowhead. We said this today on the drive, and I echo the sentiment. It was a great take by Carrington. The Royals, which have experienced one two-year blip of success in my entire lifetime. Pardon me. A two-year blip plus 03. Two and a half fun summers of baseball. The Royals have experienced in my 32 years of being alive and they're about to get a $2 billion stadium somewhere downtown. They're going to front a billion of it. Taxpayers will front another billion. It'll be an entertainment district. It'll be the whole deal. Kaufman and the Royals are getting $2 billion stadium. That's likely coming. 
You think the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes been the AFC Championship game five years in a row have experienced far greater levels of success in my lifetime are going to sit in that old building and say, God, lucky the world's got that nice new house, but we're still here. No, they have already begun having the conversations. They have already begun the process on what happens next. If you want my opinion on what I think happens next, I think the Royals are going downtown. The Royals have told you, basically since John Sherman got hired, I can play cut after cut after cut of John Sherman every time you talk to the media since becoming the owner. Basically since the pandemic ended, he has mentioned the downtown stadium. They're going to go downtown. What I imagine is going to happen is the Royals will either buy the, the excuse me, the Chiefs will either buy the lease off the Royals and demolish the stadium and build a fancy new entertainment shopping district, bar scene, whatever there. Or they'll tear down Kaufman, they'll rebuild a fancier football stadium on top of Kaufman, then they'll tear down Arrowhead and put a fancy shop venue thing where Arrowhead is now. Look around the NFL. Look around at all the stadiums that people speak very highly about in the NFL. Do you know what they all have? Shopping and entertainment districts right around them in the immediate vicinity. You talk about Arizona. They have like a shopping mall district. They have a lawn. They have a cool sports bar area downtown. People speak highly about that stadium. Lambeau's a little unique. We won't talk about Lambeau, but like Patriot Place over at Gillette, they have an entire downtown area built to that area surrounding the stadium. Patriot Place, Gillette Place. It has a fancy name. It does not matter. They have one. Miami, they have one. New Orleans, I'm cherry picking, but they have one. Everyone has, SoFi has an area around Inglewood. Everyone has that little shops and restaurants area around their stadium. It is the new thing to do because Arrowhead is not just the house of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a thing that houses things full time. You don't get Taylor Swift. Two nights Taylor Swift. You don't get Beyonce. You don't get Monster Jam. You don't get the Beer Fest, the Barbecue Fest. I'm pretty sure, is it is it Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks this year? They've had Guns N' Roses. They have a country artist every year. I think it's Luke Combs this year. That's basically Garth Brooks' second home outside of T-Mobile Center in Kansas City. You don't get all these events if you're just a venue that plays NFL games. And to keep having these events, you know what you need down there? Cool shops and make it a fun district. Imagine the Power and Light District or Crossroads or whatever your entertainment district of choice is plops down next to Arrowhead. You still have plenty of parking for your tailgating, but if you're the kind of person who's like, you know what, I'd like to go get a nice breakfast, you know, be in the warm and walk over, that's probably the move. That's what's coming. Clark Hunt went on to say exactly what I'm saying. If the Royals leave, we're adding amenities. Uh, Something that we discussed back in 2005 and 2006 was the ability to do some development uh, on, on the site. And at, at the time, uh, the, the feedback we received from, from the developers in Kansas City, you know, that area wasn't ready for, for development. It's something that we'll explore again um, because, you know, t- times passed and then uh, development patterns had, have changed. Uh, certainly, we, we would love to see some more development or, around the facility. We think that'd be you good. You think like Titletown, like Lambo even? That, you know, that's something that's very specific that's sure. in a way attached uh, yeah. to the stadium. Uh, it's also a little bit like the lawn 
uh, here in Arizona uh, at the yeah. stadium, you know, which uh, since we were here at the beginning of the season, I, I got to see, and they, they've they've built some uh, sports bars and so forth on, on that, and, and the fans love being there. Uh, so if we have the space to do it, we'll, we'll definitely think about adding amenities outside the stadium, whether it's a, a new building or a renovation. He's straight up telling you, hey, what if we're going to stay here, we're building a shopping district around with the stadium. That doesn't preclude them from moving to an area that has a shopping district, although I think it's unlikely they move to Kansas, but which would be the destination, I imagine. But the Arrowhead of old, the Arrowhead, the current Arrowhead, where you show up and it's all parking structures and Kaufman on your left or right, depending on which side you pull in on, that's not Arrowhead in the next 10 years. There'll be a time you pull up to Arrowhead on your left or your right where Kaufman is now or where Arrowhead is now. It's, you know, nice hotels, not an Adam's Mark. Fun bars and restaurants, not a Taco Bell and a Denny's. Actual entertainment districts. And you will have a choice. Hey, you want to get your grill out and smoke some meat? No one's going to stop you. Or do you want to park and walk over to a boulevard kiosk, a little beer hall? Maybe they have a Joe's down there or a Gates down there. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to have both options for you. But the days of the only way to enjoy Arrowhead is with a tailgate are kind of dead. They are modernizing this experience. And I'd imagine there's some sort of sky bridge walkway from that facility over to Arrowhead. And I'd imagine new Arrowhead's going to have some sort of roofed ability because they're going to want the final four here because they're not going to keep missing out on money. Clark Hunt today down at Radio Road told Cody and Gold that they are looking at adding amenities and they are looking at options around Arrowhead. And I think the last time we heard an owner speak this honestly about these kind of things, it was John Sherman about moving the Royals. And guess what? The Royals are going to move. Clark Hunt is now speaking honestly about it. He's not tiptoeing around and dipping his toe in the water. He's straight out saying it. Eventually, the Chiefs are going to renovate Arrowhead or build a new Arrowhead right next to it, and they're adding shops and entertainment district around there because that's what the modern stadium looks like in 2023 and beyond. Like I said, I am Rob Brenton filling in for Dusty Likens. They're a half hour before K-State basketball pregame gets you ready for the Cats and the Horn Frogs. A little revenge matchup for the Cats. Coming up on the other side here on After Hours, me and Carrington were listening to some Radio Row interviews and some other stuff, getting ready for the show and We heard quite possibly the hottest take in the history of sports. I'll play it for you next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back to After Hours. I am Rob Britton filling in for Dusty Likens. Taking you up until 7 o'clock where K-State pregame takes over. Kansas State taking on TCU tonight in a revenge game for the Cats back in the octagon of doom. They lost earlier this year down in Fort Worth with bar none, the worst basketball court design in America to TCU. If you haven't seen it, Google it, and then make sure you're wearing sunglasses when you look down at it because it's just awful. It makes makes Oregon look appeasing to watch. But I digress. Wyatt and the boys get ready for K-State and TCU at 7 o'clock. Game tips off at 8. Dusty back tomorrow, and then me and Dusty and Nick Schwartz will take you from 9 until 2. Super Bowl Sunday, getting you ready for Chiefs and Eagles. A lot of fun will be had, a lot of frivolity. We'll talk about the Chiefs, talk about the Eagles. 
We'll talk about game day traditions. We'll do we'll do all the fun stuff to get ready for Chiefs and Eagles. That's nine to two with Grant Nicholson, myself, Dusty Likens, and Nick Schwartz on Super Bowl Sunday. Well, speaking of Nick Schwartz, he is currently down on Radio Row enjoying Glendale, Arizona, and all it has to offer. Hopefully, he gets over to the Waste Management Open, but I don't know if he will. But he is not the only media member down on Radio Row. It is chocked full of media members, NFL Network, ESPN, FanDuel, Sirius Radio. Everyone is anyone. They are down at Radio Row, including The Athletic. And our friend Nate Taylor is down there right now. Nate Taylor's counterpart, who hosts a podcast for the Philadelphia Athletic Feed, they call it Birds with Friends. They had their Super Bowl Day 1 YouTube recap event earlier uh, this week. It was yesterday, talking about Radio Row and getting ready for the Chiefs and Eagles. And I'm not usually one to dump on other media members' takes. It's just not me. I'm not the guy who comes on here and dunks on Orlovsky or suck it, Bart Scott, or that's what you get, James Jones. That's just not me. It's not who I am. But this take from the Birds with Friends podcast was such a doozy that I, someone who doesn't even dunk on takes like this, feels the need to be like, huh? Listen to this. Just, just listen. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, right? What's the argument for taking Patrick Mahomes over Jalen Hurts moving forward? Like, if you're starting a team, what's the argument? He's well, a better, he's player. A better player. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me let me, yeah, let, me and I heard okay. well, let me reverse that on you. Okay. Yeah. So Jalen is is 24 years old. Patrick Mahomes is three years older, if I'm not mistaken. Jalen does something in today's game that is overtaking the league, and he makes your run offense better. Mahomes doesn't make the run offense better. Jalen has shown he can lead an elite passing offense. Mahomes is a better thrower, no question about it, but Jalen will have just won the Super Bowl. They'll be tied in Super Bowls. And then again, and I know you're big on this, Jalen's way younger. So what's the argument for taking Mahomes? Well, aside from just he's better. Yeah. But, okay, but, but okay, he's better at throwing will, uh, the ball, to, right? But, but he's not a better it. runner. And Jalen's had a better are, start to his career in some ways. I, I think Has the, he? I think. Well, no, I guess Mahomes won. Was it his <laughs> yeah. second year he won it? He won MVP his first year as a full-time starter, right? Okay. And then he won the Super Bowl the next year. All right, yeah. so all right, so Jalen will have, in two years, won as many Super Bowls as Mahomes did. I think the actual, like, entertain it argument is that the way that Patrick Mahomes is better, the way that he is good, is more sustainable long-term than Jalen Hurts' way. So I think Jalen Hurts, for as good as he's been, has gotten injured at the past of you know at the well, end so of, both of the last two seasons. So is Mahomes. Um, Mahomes is currently injured. Well, yeah, but he's. Well, I'm he's just saying, if you're going to say injuries, Mahomes is also injured, um, and Mahomes has had more serious injuries, right? Okay. So I'm not going to dunk on this for too long because I have a larger point to get to. But boy, is that some nonsense! Well, he doesn't help the run game the way Jalen Hurst does. Who cares? He's the quarterback of an NFL team in 2023. Your job is not to help the run game. Maybe you're the quarterback of 1938 of Army. Your job is to help the run game because triple option. That's not your job in the NFL. The injury thing, I'm not even going to waste time on. I did enjoy how his co-hosts, when he asked, well, like, what's he do better? Everything. Well, outside of being a better player. Well, start to an NFL career. Nope, Mahomes got him there. Second year in the league, first year as a starter, MVP. AFC Championship game. Jalen Hurts. Second year in the league, first year as a starter. Nine and eight. Lost to the Bucks. Did not win their division. A little different. Year three, 
Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl. So they could be even there. But the take was just, it, it was, to call it hot is mild. It made mild takes, it made hot takes look mild, excuse me. That was the hot ones, you know, liquid death or the dab. That is not the early sauces. That That's not the peanuts buffalo wings. Ooh, it's a little heat. That is a, woo, burn your mouth, liquid insanity level of take. But my larger point here, because I could spend the next, I have 17 and a half minutes left on the air. I could spend, I could keep playing it and talking about how dumb it is the entire time. I'm not wasting your time. I'm not wasting my time. I'm not giving that podcast more airtime, which I'm sure it's a fine podcast. I don't know it based on that one cut, but you know, one cuts a little bit unfair to critique, but I digress. I hate that we do this with young quarterbacks. Hate it. Because what's now going to happen is if I open the text line, it's going to be full of people going out of their way to make fun and tear down Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts can be good and Patrick Mahomes can be better. The two things are not mutually exclusive. But I feel like on Super Bowl week, and basically every week Patrick Mahomes is in a marquee game, people fall all over themselves to talk about how the other quarterback is actually better than Mahomes, and then Chiefs fans were all back saying, no, the other quarterback actually sucks because he's not Patrick Mahomes. Guys, don't fall into this trap. Be above the fray. If Dan Orlovsky is before the AFC Championship game on ESPN telling you that he thinks Joe Burrow's a better quarterback, Mahomes a better player, ignore it. But what you don't do is go to social media or go to Facebook, go to Twitter and click, 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 and talk about Joe Burrow actually sucks. He's the worst. Joe Burrow's good. Patrick Mahomes is better. Jalen Hurts is one of the more unique players in the NFL quarterback. We've never seen a quarterback like him get to this level in the league. He's obviously run first, but he's a good passer. Those a good deep ball. He is what for years and years and years, people told us college football quarterbacks could never be successful in the league. He's doing it right now in the league. We can all of the Kansas city admit Jalen hurts is good. Saying that doesn't mean we think he's better than Patrick Mahomes. Don't fall into these traps. While I disagree with the birds with friends podcast, which real quick, Birds with Friends is an elite podcast name. If I was an Eagles person, I'd be mad that they thought of that and I didn't. That it, the take can be bad, but we got to applaud the very clever naming. But I just hate because um, the text line's like, how, how dare they? Jalen Hurts actually sucks. He won't be in the league in five years. Run first quarterbacks are losers. Guys, two things can be true at once. Patrick Mahomes is better than Jalen Hurts. That's objectively true. But Jalen Hurts is good. That is also true. And I feel like when these hot takes erupt, the rebuttal hot takes are just as bad. Both quarterbacks are good. They've taken their team to the Super Bowl. Let's just let bygones be bygones and accept it from there. Like I said, I am Rob Brinton filling in for Dusty Likens. Dusty back tomorrow, taking you up till 7 o'clock. About 15 minutes left before Wyatt and the boys get ready for K-State and TCU. K-State pregame at 7 o'clock here on 610 Sports Radio. Speaking of college basketball, we come back, what, about eh, five, six minutes, like a little college shoot, K-State's game tonight, and the Big 12 race. 
You guys didn't think I was going to be on the air for five hours today and not once mentioned that the University of Kansas, with basically no contribution from its best player, beat a top five team at home yesterday. You think I would go five hours, two to six, and then a bonus hour of Brenton and never bring it up? Fools! I'm bringing up the Hawks. I'm bringing up the Big 12 race. That's coming up next. Probably a little Chiefs, too, because I get the Super Bowl or whatever. That's next. This is After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back. After Hours. 610 Sports Radio. I am Rob Brindling for Dusty Likens. Dusty back tomorrow. After hours tomorrow, he'll also be back on Friday after hours and special Sunday show. Don't know what it's going to be called. Uh, it'll be me, him, Nick Schwartz, produced by Grant Nicholson, getting ready for Super Bowl Sunday. A lot of fun will be had. Only about 10 minutes left here in the show. We'll get ready for K-State and TCU. The rematch, Cats and Frogs, coming up. Tip in about an hour. Pre-game starting in about 10 minutes here on 610 Sports Radio. Your home of the Wildcats in Kansas City. Real quick before we get into uh, Big 12 basketball. So the text line says, it's like the hamburger versus steak debate. A hamburger is delicious, but a steak is better. 100%. We were talking the last segment, for those of you who weren't listening, about how I get frustrated when someone says something, a hot take about Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence or one of these good quarterbacks in the league. And they take it too far. They say something outlandish but they're just trying to be complimentary of a, a good football player and then Chiefs fans rush to social media to talk about how that so- football player actually sucks because Patrick Mahomes is better two things can be true at once Jalen Hurts is good Joe Burrow's good Josh Allen good Patrick Mahomes better those quarterbacks are a delicious burger you're not upset when you get a burger Ooh, it's good you know it's better steak and the Chiefs have steak but don't go out and talk about how steak's better than burgers. Just We all know that. And don't talk about how those burgers are actually tofu burgers. They're hamburgers. It's fine. A couple minutes left here in the show. I wanted to talk about this. Last night, Big 12 basketball battle. Texas, number five team in the country, had a chance to go out there and basically stamp itself as the Big 12 champ. They had gone on the road and beaten Kansas, coming off a win against K-State last Saturday. But no, no, no. Kansas got a win led by... Let me check my notes here. Two points from Jalen Wilson. Making sure I'm seeing that right. Yeah, two, two points. Guy was a chance to be player of the year and first team All-American. Two points. Shout out to the Hawks for getting it done last night. But really shout out to the whole Big 12. I saw the latest bracketology by Joe Lenardi has nine Jayhawk, not, not Jayhawks. Nine Jayhawk players would go to the tournament if they make it, but nine Big 12 teams in the latest version of Bracketology, which I know it's still February, so it's grain of salt Bracketology, but it's getting more and more time to pay attention to it. Basically, post Super Bowl, President's Day time of year, you kind of lock in and go, whoa, look at Bracketology. They have nine teams in. I think he had Oklahoma as the one team out, and they were being considered. They're just an insane conference this year. And it is strong at the top as KU, Texas, and Iowa State all have three losses. They are one, two, and three in the league. But don't look now. K-State and TCU, both with four losses. They are battling right now 
to stay among the elite of the elite of the Big 12. I like I say it every time I host for Dusty, and I probably will say it every time I host for Dusty because I'm hosting again next week. Happy Valentine's Day. You get bonus Rob. The Big 12 tournament down in Kansas City is going to be special. If you go to the Wednesday session, if you go to the Saturday session, if you go to any game down there, you're going to see high-level NCAA tournament quality basketball games between teams who know each other really well and between coaches who are nothing short of sensational. But yeah, I wasn't going to go the whole day. I wasn't going to go five hours being held down, not talking KU. Beat the number five team in the country at home by eight. And you thought we were going to ignore it. Nope. Now, probably the only time it'll get mentioned all, all week here on 610 Sports Radio. But that's why I'm here for you. I'm here to give you these spicy KU takes. Thank you so much for listening. Dusty back tomorrow on After Hours. He's all Thursday, players only. He's also back Friday with more After Hours. And then Sunday, me, Dusty, Nick Schwartz, Grant Nicholson, get ready for the Super Bowl from 9 to 2. I'm back tomorrow from 2 to 6 with Carrington on the drive. A lot of fun will be had. This station is Super Bowl Central, not surprisingly. Great stuff from 6 to 6 and beyond here on 610 Sports Radio.